Welcome back to Binge This. It's JT flying solo in terms of hosting today because with me I have former voice of Big Brother, current host of Dan and Leon, doing various comedy things. He's also an Oscar savant. He is Mr. Leon J. Murray, and he's here to talk everything about the 2022 Oscar Awards. Leon, thanks for coming. Yeah, Qantas never crashed. Yeah. <laughs> R-C-H-A-R-L-I-E. That lets me drive song the drive. supposed to be a compliment. I was trying to say that yeah. you know everything there is to know about the Oscars. 82, 82, 82. Okay, you're an Oscars encyclopedia then. How's that? How's that? I'm, I'm very happy with Savant, and thank you for this chat. I am wired. I mean, I'll just say at the top, I've been up and up since... I've been up until, I was up until 3 a.m. parsing these nominations, like getting into the weeds. I'm, I am, what I lack in coherence, I make up for in passion right now. So I'm so excited. So let's get straight into it. We're kicking off with Best Visual Effects. The nominees are Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction, first off? Well, something people may not realise is Marvel has never won visual effects. I did Oscar. not realise that. I just assumed it's, they won every year. Mate, it is a strange stat. And uh, I don't know if I see them breaking uh, that stat this year, to be honest. Uh, Shang-Chi, great movie, but he's riding around on dragons. It's a bit clown shoes, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, free Guy could be a dark horse here. It was so uh, innovative and cool what they did with it. It's sort of like a fun version of Inception with the city yeah. kind of folding in on itself and That's all a that really good, stuff really happening. Good. But look, the, I'll give you a clue. When it comes to visual effects, 18 out of the last 21 VFX winners have been nominated in production design. It's a weird combo wow. that you'll find that, yeah, if your VFX nominee is in production design as well, that's your winner. So June, I think, has maybe got this walking in the door. Yeah. Is that because Academy members are going to be the like post-nerdy type people like voting in these categories? Or does everyone vote in every category? Um, the entire membership uh, votes except for in special uh, categories like, say, um, uh, documentary, uh, things like that. Um, but... I think what the reason is behind that is just purely if you've got a lot of other, like if you're a best picture contender, then you have the weight of that um, gotcha. driving forward, you know, and that means more people will have seen it and appreciated it. And also because production design is a visual kind of award and so is VFX, it sort of goes hand in hand. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I yeah. would personally love to see Free Guy get a statue, but I would have to agree with you that it's probably going to be June because, let's face it, it was also pretty spectacular. It was pretty amazing. Those worms, I mean, they had to train those worms, you know. <laughs> like, that's a special effect, just getting those worms to behave. Like, that's not easy. <laughs> I don't imagine it is. All right, moving on to best sound, my favourite category because oh, I'm, yes. a, I'm a sound dweeb. The nominees are Belfast, June again, No Time to Die again, uh, the Power of the Dog and West Side Story. I'm going to mm. jump in and say I think June deserves it because the sound design on that, the little turning the shields on, the squelchy sounds of the tech made, I think that was absolutely incredible. Agree, so, man. And so. I remember seeing it in this enormous theatre and afterwards my review included the words bowel loosening sounds <laughs> design. You're not wrong. Um, and it really was incredible. And, you know, what I've noticed a lot over the years is that if a film has an actual, there's a huge um, benefit if it's got a sound 
uh, storyline, if part of the movie is about sound, like Sound of Metal, for example, the yes. drummer was going deaf. Sure. Um, and June, there's a huge element to the story that's, you know, their voice speaking in that special voice to yeah. like control people. Yeah. And there's just so there is quite a few elements that are really like the sound is quite. It p- forms part of the story. It's really showy, you know. So I, agree. I think that, and then as we mentioned before, when you're a when you've scored a bag of other norms and you're in best picture and people are looking at you, it, you're already ahead of the race, you know. But it genuinely had, I think, the best sound of the year. It's just a shame. West Side Story, which is incredible, sounds amazing. They did, it's, and usually musicals have a big advantage in this some um, category, like Les Mis one, for example, and mm-hmm. others. But yeah, I just don't think anything's beating June. I'm glad you brought that up because the flip side of the coin of of something a movie like June and the Sound becoming uh, an integral part of advancing the plot. Do musicals and particularly West Side Story, which by the way I did not share the love for that you did, it's kind of it's a little bit of an unfair advantage, right? Because you're going, you know, I want to hear, you know, Officer Krupke, you know, all that stuff. It's kind of already presented like this is going to sound good because in my brain I'm going, I love this song. This sounds good. It's kind of like that they've already got like a little bit of a head start because all you have to do is is record and mix the songs very well. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's as if like if you're putting a enormous, beautiful chocolate gatto next to like a Sunday <laughs> from McDonald's, it's like, well, this is just going to be more lush and delicious and better. Yeah. But, you know... That doesn't mean that they haven't worked hard to get that True. sounding incredible. Okay. I mean, you know, it's a bit of an advantage. You've got Steven Spielberg, you know, behind the megaphone calling the shots as well, isn't it? You know? Yeah, so fair enough. I would, okay. I would, I'd be really happy to see West Side Story take it out because uh, I thought the way that they um, brought the brought those songs and music into the kind of 21st century and, and, and made it fresh again, I thought it was... Really outstanding. Okay, all right, fair cop. We're going to skip the uh, the shorts section because yes, because uh, you know, come on. But yeah. one thing I will say, Riz Ahmed, who was nominated for Sound of Metal, is now another nominee because he was uh, in and produced one of the live action short films this year. So really oh, cool for Riz Ahmed. Wow. Okay, yeah. well, it'll be worth checking that one out. Get, I've get noticed on. that there's a trend of actors and celebs more and more producing live action short films and getting really? that sneaky extra nomination in. Wow. You know? well, it looks good on the It's resume. happening a lot. I think, you know, they're sort of like, oh, phone hasn't rung for a while. I haven't <laughs> been on screen. I might uh, just th- chuck a bit of money at an uh, up and coming filmmaker and then, you know, Bob's your uncle with the extra nomination. All right. Moving on to Best Production Design, which we briefly mentioned before. Nominees are June, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Mm. This seems like a hotly contested category. Man, it is. This is a tough one. Like, when it comes to their their five outstanding nominees, like the... Yeah. When you're talking about look and the design that's gone into the, the, you know, West Side Story, which you mentioned, like, they basically decimated entire, like, neighbourhoods to make it look like they were being knocked down by... It's wild. And then... You know, June, come on, look with those yeah. planets and the, you know, spaceship, like the different craft and stuff. But I saw Nightmare Alley a few days ago and oh, um, and it's just incredible to look oh, at. Oh, okay. Incredible. Awesome. Um, and the way that they've like, I mean, you would swear that you were in 1939 watching wow. the movie. Um, it doesn't maybe have the like pedigree in some ways like power of the dog is like a 12 time nominee here so it's obviously yeah. going in with a ton of you know head of steam but 
I don't know that it, I don't think production design is one of Power of the Dog's strengths necessarily. Like you wouldn't pick that out. But Nightmare Alley, I don't know if it's got much of a shot anywhere else. And it could be, it might walk away with nothing, but this could be the place potentially that it is recognized just because Academy loves Del Toro. Um, and <laughs> you know, it's a way of, I think, acknowledging that the film was, um, superb to look at, even if it doesn't probably, um, didn't probably have the love as a film overall that some others do. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Nightmare Alley. That's what I put my money on, I think, right now. But West Side Story also looked spectacular. It so. did look spectacular. I'll give it that. Okay. Mm. Best International Feature Film. This is one I haven't seen any of the films. Um, we've got Drive My Car from Japan. We have Flea from Denmark. Which, by the way, boy, that looks like it's going to be good. Uh, mm. The Hand of God from Italy, uh, uh, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom from Bhutan. <laughs> nice to see your um, childhood biography <laughs> being converted into an international feature. I'm well, really it's, pleased about I'm, that. It's my time. Yeah. And The Worst Person in the World from Norway. So I can't really speak to any of these. All I know is that Drive My Car has got an incredible amount of praise so far. Yeah, it's funny, actually, I looked at a um, Rotten Tomatoes breakdown of the 10 Best Picture nominees and um, Drive My Car's the highest at 98%. Whoa. Um, it's kind of come out of nowhere in a way and it's doing something incredible, which is, as we've... I mean, Parasite broke the precedent here of yeah. an international being, uh, like, the first international f film ever to win Best Picture in, you know, almost 100 years. But Drive My Car's like just zoomed in, uh, pardon the pun, like in its uh, tire <laughs> tracks. Not and um, it's picked up four noms itself because it's uh, it cracked Best Picture now that they've got the full 10. But it also picked up uh, Screenplay International, which was expected, and then sensationally Best Director as well. So even though Flea has done a very rare, unprecedented triple because it's an animated documentary from yeah. overseas and it managed to pick up all three of those categories, animated feature, international feature and documentary feature, which is like, yeah, I mean, that's just a wild stat. Yeah. But even with that strength, I think you would have to statistically go, look, Drive My Car in, a, in Japanese has picked up a screenplay and a directing norm and it's yeah, been one wow. of the most hotly contested directing categories I think ever so I mean he has kicked out Hamaguchi who directed Drive My Cars kicked out Denis Villeneuve director of June which is a 10 time <laughs> nominee this year That's so if that doesn't speak to the strength of the film yeah, nothing sure. does you know okay. so I mean to me that is winning walking in the door and I think the love for it speaks for itself because Academy's obviously seen it and they obviously rated it as one of the 10 best of the year so for that I mean, what else do you have to say than what's winning international? Well, if it's nominated for Best Picture and none of the others are, <laughs> yeah. it's winning international. Sure. All right. That's but I'm just sad for that yak. I mean, oh, that well. poor yak. I know, Lunana. And it's from Bhutan. Like, yeah. there's not much to do. No. There's not a lot to do. No wonder he's in a classroom. Well. Like, there's nowhere else to go. Maybe it'll break big on the streaming streaming services yeah. who knows well the hand of god is streaming on netflix right now i believe so oh, that's you, know, good to you know. can check that out all right but uh and actually um won a double pass to drive my car yesterday that i entered a little competition uh, i'll give them a shout out monsuta beer are oh, the uh, sponsors so uh mate i'm i can't wait to see drive my car for free i'm very excited yeah, with me of course yeah yeah you can okay oh, thanks mate nothing nothing says mates like a three-hour <laughs> japanese meditation on grief right <laughs> 
Oh, boy. All right. Best film editing is up next. Don't Look Up, first nom we've seen from that. June is there again. King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm. Ah, look, just because uh, it was, I thought it was particularly well cut, I think Don't Look Up is, is deserving, but I really can't see it getting past the other titans in the room. I have to disagree. Very, very strongly. I hated the editing of Don't Look Up. (laughs) I hated it. And I know that they deliberately did some hard cuts in the middle of sentences. Love that. I think that's great. Really funny. But the film was just too too long. Too long. Oh, okay. and 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 repetitive. And I just felt like it just didn't land it for me it didn't sit right at all like and i know there's been a lot of chat and it's you know flooded the world over christmas on netflix so everyone's seen it and i love the concept i love what they're going for i love everything about what they're aiming for and the cast and everything's great but just i really felt like the editing it uh, to me there was a really funny strong tight epic one hour and 45 minute environmental satire Sitting in this swill of two and a half hours of sort of loose sort of weirdness that just didn't gel for me at all. Okay, fair enough. And I actually think the film editing category is pretty pretty weak, to be honest. I think it's sort of the... I think it's the one category of all the Oscars this year that that just didn't... It bores me. I find it quite... Yeah, fair enough. I find it quite dull. Like, I don't remember anything too spectacular about the editing in June to be very honest like I don't think yeah, it's, I think it's the one place in June you wouldn't like again like we were saying before production design for Power of the Dog doesn't really leap out above the others and I that's think true. that's the same with editing June and then King Richard is just a there's no reason to there's what, just nothing how, there why is it in there's there? nothing there to, to say about it yeah Tick Tick Boom really could be the dark horse here because oh, okay. you've got um not only the sort of it's very snappy and pacey and it relies on a lot of uh sort of structural tricks not just in the cool flashy musical scenes and the sort of the song and dance numbers but then going backwards and forwards in in time and space to sort of there's a lot of flashbacks there's a lot of fantasy that's there's a lot of you know we're here now we're there and it really works hard to kind of keep you on his journey and in his mindset, even though yeah, okay. there's all this stuff being thrown at the wall. Like, it's a, it's busy, but it's not a mess. Okay. And I thought, like, Don't Look Up had messier elements to it, whereas Tick, Tick, Boom just kind of felt like it's of a piece and it's got a... It, they're really going for something, and I, I, I reckon maybe this could oh, be wow. its shot okay. to win. Yeah. Put your money on the outside chance there. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, best Cinematography is up next, June... Oof. Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, West Side Story. Oh, my it's, God. It's a flip between... Dude, it's a five-way coin Well, flip. yeah, I guess so. I mean, it depends how much is fake in terms of music like June and, uh, and, mm. and Nightmare Alley. Um, Power of the Dog, like, it, it, you know, I guess you're setting into that time period. It's kind of, We know how to make that time period look cool. Power of the Dog did look absolutely stunning. It was it did. really, really nice. Yeah. But then Tragedy Macbeth is like, look at that smoky, inky, yeah, gorgeous. It's very sexy. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, I just yeah. remember seeing the trailer and went, oh, shit, yeah, that's winning t- cinematography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then West Side Story, I think maybe the costumes are doing a lot of heavy lifting there with the colour, but the way it was captured is like some of the, 
you know, you've got um, Ansel Elgort sort of seeing Rachel Ziegler across the dance hall and there's like lens flares bouncing off and little light streaks yeah. and stuff. And you just like, I wanted to, I was looking at their, uh, their eyes just like, I felt myself just feeling, I was caught up in the romance yeah. of it. And the, it's so, so beautiful. It was beautiful. And that some of those outdoor, like those huge crane shots that they had in, in, in the yeah. big numbers, West Side Story, did look Yeah, true, because it's not just about how it looks. It's like, how's the camera moving too? Like, the, yeah. all of that. But then, right. you know, Nightmare Alley, like, looked incredible too. Yeah, okay. Wow. Have you got a five-sided coin? Uh, <laughs> well, no, I don't. I haven't. Nightmare Alley is the only one I haven't seen. If I had to, if I was forced to pick a best cinematography, I reckon I would go with West Side Story. Yeah, I think I would too. Although, Power of the Dog is their chance to uh, give uh, Ari Wagner, who uh, would be the first female winner of oh, cinematography wow. ever. So, cool. if you've got Campion potentially winning director, and being the only, yeah, you know, wow. only the yeah third female directing winner, and then the first female cinematography winner, you know, just in terms of sort of storyline and uh, and you know. Academy vote for what makes them feel good, you know, and sometimes that's okay. not just the film making them feel good, it's the, how they feel it's about the themselves story. when they yeah, give right. people things for the first time. So that could work in its favour. Who won last year, just in terms of for a point of reference? What, cinematography? Yeah. Um, it was Mank, Eric Messerschmidt won, and that was a black and white film, so there's okay. sort of, Mank yeah, could be a tick a in Beth's corner. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, time will tell. Best costume design up next, Cruella. Uh, Cyrano. You can just stop there. You can just stop the list. <laughs> it wins. I'm serious. Well, yeah, wow. Amazing. Okay, all right. I mean, you can say the others if you want. but Well, I mean, Cyrano, I, I, I didn't see that. I assume it's based on Cyrano de Bergerac. Yeah. Um, June, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. So West Side Story is probably the only one that's going to give Cruella a run for its money. You would, Yeah, I think so. Think? Like, Cruella just, man, what an achievement. I, like, watched that with my kids, and I, it, I'm just... I'm there with my eyes bugged out like halfway through just going, this is, this is incredible stuff. Yeah, like okay. it, obviously the movie's about her being a costume designer. So it's such an, a bit like how I was saying about sound, when you've got an element of these, like when you've got a nomination, when you've got a category that's integrally sort of woven into the actual story of the film itself, like that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Okay. And the actual work was just so, so mind blowingly cool. Um, I just can't see it missing. Like, it, it just needs to be rewarded. It's one of those things where something has been done that ch- changes the game. Like, something yeah, okay. has been done that just lifts the bar, like, visibly, right. notably, you know, in the room. And, and you go, well, we have to... It's a bit like, um, you know, when Mad Max Fury Road came out and just people sure. were like, what is, what is this? Yeah, and then yeah. they gave it six Oscars. Yeah, sure. You know, it, to me, Cruella is in that boat because um, it was just so awesomely done and it was so integral to the movie, you know? All right. Well, in keeping with the uh, the thought of uh, impressive work, insisting that it be taken note of, best makeup and hairstyling is up next. A few little uh, a few little curveballs here. Coming to America, as in the number two, the sequel, is up. Cruella's up again. June is up again. The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which I don't know if that'll hit in Australia as much as it hits in America uh, because of the subject, and House of Gucci. Mm. So coming to America, re- I don't know about hairstyling and makeup. I mean, unless there was, you know, credit Well, given remember for- all those characters that they, all the prosthetic work, because they play the Mighty Sharp Barbers and then... Arsenio uh, yeah, is playing okay. that old um, shaman, like a witch doctor guy. Yeah, all right. There's a I ton of prosthetics stand, going stand on. Corrected. In fact, 
I think this will be the battle of the prosthetics because you've got all of that in Coming to America. You've got Stellan Skarsgård getting all fat in that oily pool. They did all that stuff to him in June. Yeah, right. And then yeah, there's okay. prosthetics going on as well for Jared Leto in House of Gucci. Yeah, yeah, okay. I still haven't seen House of Gucci. And, th- and then you've got to also remember too with, yeah, you're right about Tammy Faye being like, we, we don't really, we don't get the reference here as much, but in the States... With that crazy eyeshadow and the big yeah. hair and all that stuff, Tammy Faye Baker, like, that's so her. They kind of nailed it. Yeah, well, and, you know, Jessica Chastain got in Best Actress, so maybe that gives more uh, of a spotlight to the makeup work on her, yeah. you know? But I have read uh, that there's been some blowback in terms of people think it's... They're d- so distracted by the makeup oh, wow, that okay. they, they think it counts... T- for them, that it counts against the movie. It counted yeah. against them enjoying it because it was so big and so kind of like, you know, look at me. So Kind um, of a throwback to Nicole Kidman's nose in the hours. Yeah. yeah right. um, but I think, yeah, I think this could be a battle of the prosthetics and it's just about whether, you know, they give it to the most prosthetics in Coming to America, but the film itself, you know, is just a light comedy and doesn't have that weight. Yeah. Or whether they kind of reward that Jared Leto was just so transformed. Okay. Um, or if they, you know, again, June, Noms Leto, it's got a lot of, like, cred. Um, and there was other makeup involved too, other than, there was. you know, Skellin skele- in the pool. So Okay. Well, I don't another know. hotly contested one. It will be. Uh, speaking of, I mean, they're all going to be hotly contested, let's face it. But Best Original Song is up next. We've got Be Alive by Beyonce from King Richard. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I know how to speak Spanish, but we've got Dos Areguatas by Sebastian Yatra. good attempt. Yeah, thanks, mate. That's from uh, Encanto. Uh, Down to Joy by Van Morrison from Belfast. No Time to Die by Billie Eilish from No Time to Die. And Somehow You Do by Reba McIntyre for Four Good Days. Yeah, which is actually Diane Warren getting her... 13th nomination I think without Whoa. a win so wow. she's um that's that's brutal for her because in no way on earth will she win this Oscar so yeah, wow. she'll be going home empty-handed again but um, um that be alive song that does come up at the end of King Richard is a certified banger like wow, wow. that's that's probably one of the mo- most powerful moments of that film is when that wow. song starts playing I felt well it's cool that Beyonce's an Oscar nominee now I'm just a little bit sad that um, she didn't get to bring the hubby because uh, Jay-Z was really in the running for a song from they, At The Heart of They Fall. And it could have been a cool couple nom the way that we saw with like Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem getting his and hers actor-actress yeah, nominations. Right. Or Jesse Plemons and uh, Kirsten Dunst got yeah. his and her uh, supporting actor and actress yeah. nominations. So not to be unfortunate for, for Jay Z, but he'll probably sleep well at night on his billions of dollars. Yeah, um, so probably. he'll be fine. But man, I don't know. If, can we go past No Time to Die? Well, I mean, it, it is very cool, and in terms, it's of, extremely cool. It's another one of those things like the Bond film is going to bring an awesome Bond song. Well, um, the last two Bond films won Best Original Song. Wow, there you go. Skyfall and Spectre both picked up. Yeah, yeah for um. We had uh, Adele and Sam Smith, so I think they could do the three-peat. They could do the three-peat just for a little uh, little a dark horse. I wouldn't mind betting that Encanto is, is going to get close to uh Yeah, winning. do you know what's interesting here, though? They what? fucked up a little bit because you have to submit your like song you want to submit by yeah. November the 1st, yeah. and no one at Encanto realised 
that oh. we don't talk about Bruno was going to be this worldwide number yeah. one billboard smash. Oh, I no. think they've made a huge Set tactical error here because they went with the emotional one and then suddenly this other fun Bruno one has just wow. caught fire around the planet and everyone's kids uh, have it on repeat in the car. Wow. So it's a shame for them because I think they really could have given Billie Eilish a run for money because it is quite a, it's a very mournful song yeah, and very right, melancholic. Okay. But the, like, it's so it's so um, important to the plot. Like the, okay, yes, all right, Bond songs are just in that opening where they've got the cool graphics and sure. stuff. But it's so thematically kind of rich if you listen to the lyrics. Like last night when these noms came out, that was the only song that I went to YouTube to like hear again wow. and to yeah, watch right. again because it's just sort of, it's just so damn cool. It is and they've done a brilliant job of like weaving in all those old school Bond yeah, musical thematic kind of cues, but then making it like something that, it, like she's 20 or something, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's so fresh and interesting and, and just her voice. I don't know if you can go past it. Like I, right. I well, really, you sold me. And little tidbit, she's only the second person ever to be nominated who's born in the 21st century. Wowee. Yeah. Who's the other one? Quivenjane Wallace, who was the little actress in Beasts of the Southern Wild, I think. Wow. She was like 12 when she was nominated for lead actress. Far out. That's Something amazing. like that. Yeah. All right. Well, keeping it musical, uh, best original score is up next. Don't Look Up, June, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, Power of the Dog. Uh, it's June for me for score. Uh, Same. Okay. Well, let's move on then. <laughs> hasn't won since 94 for The Lion King. Oh, and, wow. you know, he's done such incredible work, Interstellar, so many things. Oh, if you look at his list of nominations. insane. And I think he's going to finally crack this one because, as I've said, tons of noms for June. Yeah, so sure. it's got eyes on it and, and ears on it. And secondly, the score was really, <laughs> really closely woven into the sound design. It really like, was. Yeah. They actually worked basically side by side yeah. to kind of get the sound... It wasn't just his music and his sound effects. It was like a soundscape. And I think for that reason, he's just, it's going to be too Head hard above. to ignore because yeah. it's just so big and so impressive. I mean, that I nearly shit myself watching it. And, <laughs> to be fair, know, though, you're only ever like 10 minutes away from nearly shitting yourself. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with sound. life, right? Yeah. All right, best documentary features up next. I feel like this is a category that people globally are paying more attention to over the last maybe like five or so years yeah. uh, because docos are getting better and better. Yeah. Uh, Summer of Soul, Flea is in there again, Attica, Ascension, Riding with Fire. Well, uh, the headline here is The Rescue Mist, and it seems like every year the doc branch are just, I don't know who's running that joint, but it's yeah. like Goebbels is at the head of the branch <laughs> going, no, we'd not have you, and they're just <laughs> screwing over. The most incredible, like every year there seems to be this doc that everyone loves and it's a front runner and it's just a foregone conclusion that it's yeah. going to win the category and then it doesn't even show up. Yeah, so well. I feel bad for um, Jimmy Chin and the guys behind The Rescue who won for Free Solo a few years ago because yeah. it's, you know, a cool story and it, apparently I haven't seen it yet, but I'm dying to, to actually watch it um, and check out how they pulled off this, getting these Thai cave soccer you know, kids yeah, rescued. So it's really sad for them. But I don't know. I only know of Summer of Soul. That's Questlove's doc. It seems yeah. to have a lot of eyes on it. But I think seems probably... Flea will be hard to beat, right? I, I think Flea, like I said, showing up in two other feature categories. That's... And I don't really think it's really walking away with animated or international. Sure. Because there's stronger chances in those categories. Yeah, so sure. this is 
Flea's shot to show up. And, and I think similar to Drive My Car being in Best Picture and kind of giving that an enormous Usain Bolt-style lead, I think Flea, if, if they love it so much to nominate it in three feature categories, then why wouldn't it win Doc? Yeah, you got me there. Mm. All right, Best Animated Features up next. Encanto, Flea again, Luca, uh, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. It's got to be Encanto, right? I think so. It's the one with like all the heat. Everyone's talking about it. I yeah. think Luca and Raya are sort of hard to separate mentally from Encanto because they're all, both all three of them are sort of bright, fantastically sort of you know a fantasy styled uh, kids animations with sort of big eyes and cuteness and Pixar type you know yeah, design. Sure. So I think because Encanto's just the latest and it's so hot right now, Luca and Raya just drop away in terms yeah. of, you know, the the heat. So I think all you'd say is like maybe like Mitchell's and Machines is really loved and Phil Lord and Chris Miller are behind that and those guys are really switched fantastic. on. So, yeah, I mean, I know you loved Yeah, you told me it was so good and I'm like, well, yeah, if JT reckons, then that, that could be, <laughs> be a piece the dark shit. horse. But, uh, yeah, I think to me because, like I said, Flea I think is going to win Doc, so I think Animated is Encanto if you're going traditional or if you want to risk your money a bit, Mitchell's and Machines for that sort of uh, slightly too cool for school kind of yeah. win. That's okay, a bit cool. like Dark Horsey, but right. yeah, seems nice. hard to beat Encanto to be honest. All right, well, best original screenplay, one of my fave categories as well. Uh, we've got Belfast, we've got Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, the worst person in the world. Now, I haven't seen Licorice Pizza. I'm dying to see Licorice Pizza because it features yeah, you would love it, man. all three of the Heim girls who are like one of my favorite bands ever. Oh. It's weird to say I think it'll get it because I haven't seen it, but the other films that I have seen, Licorice Pizza is definitely head above the others Belfast absolutely not don't look up I don't think so King Richard get out of here Uh, worst person in the world don't know anything about it no I think the nomination is the reward for worst person in the world like that was a real shocker and the interesting thing is effectively what they've done is kick out Aaron Sorkin which is no mean feat that is no mean feat I mean Aaron Sorkin was nominated for I think Molly's Game and a few other you know he won for Social Network but like you know being Ricardo's is is a major achievement and uh it showed up across three acting categories so they've seen it and they like it yeah. but that that really sh- like talks to the strength of worst person in the world but i think i mean foreign language screenplay wins are really really few and far between yeah right i think there's only been about three wow. potentially um like our motivar and parasite so sure i would sort of go just be happy to go along and sit and enjoy the ceremony guys but to me, like, yeah, you're right. Don't look up and King Richard can just can forget about it. So uh, it, what this comes down to is this is a really tough one because you've got Kenneth Branagh in Belfast with that very personal story and they really like to reward, like, auteurs, sort of writer-director. Right. You know, he's done it all. But Paul Thomas Anderson has oh, been man. nominated now 11 times and has never won. <laughs> That's Boogie outrageous. Nights, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, yeah, The that- Master... Uh, it I just, mean, yeah, on. Phantom Thread, even he's been nominated writing, producing, and it hasn't happened for him. And I think there is quite a lot of love and attention on Licorice Pizza, even to the point that I think Alana Haim was like on the Snubbed. cusp of that yeah. Best Actress nomination. So yeah. this is going to be a tough one because they, this, original screenplay is my, almost my favorite category. And, and over the last few years, I've found what's happening with it is 
that it's almost a de facto uh, best picture win insofar wow. as the one that doesn't the the one that they love but isn't doesn't quite have the legs to win best picture uh-huh. but if it's got an auteur an original element to it like I'm thinking particularly like Spike Jones winning for her um, oh, yeah. with Woking Phoenix I I was so happy with that win and I felt it in my bones sort of months before the ceremony when I saw the film I'm like this has to win original screenplay and it's wow. kind of that one place for them to reward a film that isn't necessarily going to get across the line anywhere else, but it is the truly original kind of achievement of that year. Yeah, and right. I really think Licorice Pizza falls in that category. And I think there is a real push to reward him finally. That's, that's my sense of it. But the problem that you've got there is that with Power of the Dog being so strong, Belfast may not actually pick up anything sure so this would be its chance to win as well so you've got a real arm wrestle between those two and they're both writer directors so i think they may actually just make them go up to the podium and arm wrestle for the oscar (laughs) just to sort of and you know i wouldn't put it past Kenneth branagh he's a he's a he's a tough he's a a sinewy dude you know yeah yeah yeah, absolutely well who knows I know. Um, yeah, I hope Licorice Pizza It's one up. of those two for me, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, closely related is Best Adapted Screenplay. We've got Coda. Uh, we've got Drive My Car. We've got June. We've got The Lost Daughter. We've got The Power of the Dog. This is one of the categories I've actually seen every film. That hardly oh, nice. happens to me. I would love to see Coda get up there. It absolutely won't, but I would love to see it get up there. Mm. Yeah, I it's, think it's awesome that it landed here. Like, yeah. That says a um, lot about how, they, how much they like it. The Lost Daughter, yeah, just didn't quite fire yeah, uh, for me. I've heard that. Um, I would have to assume that Power of the Dog's going to take this one away. I think so. Like, even if it doesn't win anything else, this is where they reward Jane Campion for sure. what she's done here. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty spectacular adaptation. And yeah. I think it just, I really can't see, I mean, June, you, it, yes, difficult adaptation, but that kind of film just doesn't win this award. Um, And I think Maggie Gyllenhaal, the nomination, is the reward. Sure. And like I was saying, Drive My Car, Foreign, it barely happens. I haven't seen that. I can't see anything being strong enough to to win here over Power of the Dog. Fair enough. All right, we're rounding the corner to the home straight, moving firstly into Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Well, Jesse Buckley came out of nowhere. Yeah, Ed was amazing. Oh, just like, wow, the... They, they they saw it and they liked it. And for her to be, I think she was in the region of 14th or something in terms of the wow. odds for actually getting in this category. And yeah. what she's done there is is boot not only people like Ruth Negger from Passing, um, she booted but it. Katrina Balfe from Belfast. Yeah, and also our Kate. She booted our, our Kate. Kate from Nightmare that's Alley. That's true, yeah. yeah. So she's, yeah, that that's awesome for her. I it don't is awesome for her. I see it translating... To a window? Yeah. We've also got Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog, and Un- Unjunyu. Oh, is that how you spell it? Unjunyu. Alice for King Richard. So, uh, Judy Dench, I mean, no one's ever going to say a bad word about her, but absolutely not for her role in Belfast. <laughs> like, that is no way. Well, maybe she kicked out Katrina Balfe. Maybe uh, she's maybe. Got, got in over her co-star, which is, which is a bit of a... I mean, there could be a... 
a big... Uh, if you hear some cat-like noises uh, from backstage, <laughs> it's because Katrina Balfe's broken through security and she started mauling 87-year-old Judy Dench, you know, ripping at her uh, sort of support <laughs> undergarments uh, underneath her frock. You know, it's going to be a bad scene. Yeah, it could be a bad scene. I, I would like to see Ariana DeBose win, uh, mostly because she was in the original Broadway cast of Hamilton, and I think that's outrageously cool. So uh, it's awesome to see her going on to bigger and better things. Well, you'd be pleased to hear, man, she's uh, far and away the front runner here. Oh, just, wow. Okay, I don't good. see anyone taking her down because she was just so incredibly... Well, that's uh, the other thing I was going to say. Assured. She was she was amazing in, in Amazing in the film. And, really of course, she has a really cool stat behind her, which is that Rita Moreno won the Oscar in this category <sighs> for that role 60 years ago. Well, does the Academy like a little little bow tie on the top of things like that? Because like, that yes. would be awesome. Okay, cool. They do. And and I think, you know, they say history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it does chime. And I think that's one of the sweetest sounding chimes that they can <laughs> do this year, put a bow on that. And, yeah, she not only is it a cute you know, history repeat, but she deserves it. She was 100% incredible in the movie. And I hate to say it, but it could actually be West Side Story's only win this year. Whoa. Controversial, but you might be right. Mm. Moving on to best actor in a supporting role. We've got Kieran Hines in Belfast, Troy Kotzer in Coda, Cody Smith-McPhee in Power of the Dog, Jesse Plemons in Power of the Dog, and J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos. Haven't seen Being the Ricardos, but boy, I do like a good J.K. Simmons role. He's great. Um, and I was saying to my friend when these noms came out last night, we were chatting about, like, this category is so fascinating because, like, thankfully, Jared Leto did not make the cut yes, in House of Gucci. I think that just would have been, uh, whether or not you rate him or not in the film, I think just um, the attention that would have brought to that category with okay. that cartoonish Italian sort of thing, sure. I think we're just better off without it, honestly. Okay. Sure. And he did get a Razzie nomination for it, so... <laughs> There's only three times someone's been nominated for a Razzie and an Oscar for the same role. Wow. And uh, I'm glad it wasn't the fourth. Uh, Glenn Close was one for uh, He'll Be Ill Energy last year. Oh, uh, so. yeah, sure. But this is super interesting because, yeah, J.K. Simmons, they, they do love a bit of J.K. And he's sure. won this um, before for Whiplash. But yeah. I don't think his character in the film, it's more of an impersonation nomination. Like he's, Yeah, okay. I think they love what he did because they're so familiar with that actor in um, I Love Lucy and him sort of... It'd be like if, you know, for us, if someone is doing a really great job of, like, impersonating like nudge know, one of hey our favourite sitcoms from our era. What'd you say? Like Nudge from Hey Dad. If someone, oh did a, God, if someone like... nailed, like, the role of Nudge, you'd go, well, I mean, sure, but, you know, Nudge is all of us, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that's the reference I would have used necessarily, <laughs> but... Uh... Anyway, uh, but yeah, what's so interesting here is that you've got that double Power of the Dog nomination. I was, like, we said we were surprised when Jesse Buckley snuck in, but talk about the other Jesse in the room here. Where did Jesse Plemons come from? Like, he was low in the odds as well. And you've, like, he's booted people like Ben Affleck for the Tender Bar. He's booted Jamie Dornan in Belfast, which it could be winning Best Picture. And he's actually come in and uh, it shows the love for Power of the Dog because he's, it's 12 nominations you got two in supporting actor. Yeah, wow. And, you know, you could get into that interesting zone here where people go, well, there's two for one film. Do they split? Is it a vote yeah. sort of splitting yeah. scenario? But all you have to do to answer that is go, well, um, look at last year and Judas and the Black Messiah had Lakeith Stanfield, but he didn't yeah. really siphon away that many votes from Daniel Kaluuya because I think he, he won that thing walking in the door. And yeah. I reckon that bodes really well for Cody Smith-McPhee okay. because he's getting a ton of attention for this and I think if I'm not wrong 
out of all the supporting actors over this season, he has the most wins so far in terms of critics awards, wow. precursors. Okay. And the well, I think his strongest competition is Troy Kotzer, because I haven't seen Coda, but you were saying it's oh, it's just pure delight. It, wow, it, it really is, and it's you know the the script is formulaic, but it's it's brought to life purely by the actors who are just phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe that's see there could be Coda's best shot to walk away with something too. But good to see. Time will tell. Uh, I, it's funny how it, it's uh, really an echo of last year because you had um, Paul Racy, who was, uh, let's you know, be honest, a relatively unknown actor, and then you've got also the element of the uh, deafness, the deaf community there as well. Yeah. So he's nominated alongside two a- supporting actors from the same film. So it's sort of a, it's a quite a similar scenario yeah, to last wow. year. But yeah, Time I will tell. think no one's maybe, really talking about Kieran Hines. Well, he's probably the strongest performance in that film out of those four. One hundred percent. Yeah, he uh, he kind of plays the same role every time. It's hard. I think, unfortunately, a lot of this comes down to just who do they want to see on stage? Sure. Who do they want to hand it to? Not so much sure. what did you do, but wow, which person do we want to crown? Okay. And I sure. don't know that like he's a you know a foreign actor. Yeah. Um, sure. With not necessarily a huge amount of it, you know, what's the story? What story will we come away with? And like yeah. Cody Smith McPhee, maybe you know he's got such an unusual physicality, and yeah. he's, you know, uh, kind of just. I, I think it could be um, a really interesting win that they want to see happen. But yeah, okay. having said that, young actors very rarely win this award. Yeah, it's, sure. Um, okay, it's I mean, young actresses in supporting go for your life. Like they love yeah, that ingenue right. thing. Um, could bode well for Ingenue Ellis, in fact. Yeah. Hey, nothing uh, a dorky wordplay. Well yeah, done, Yeah, sure. Well, you know, men have had it tough for so long in Hollywood, so it'd be nice to see uh, someone young <laughs> finally get a nod. That would be awesome. All right. Leading into the final two. Ooh. Best actor in a leading role. We've got Javier Bardem for Javier being the Bardem. Ricardos. Will Smith for King Richard. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth and Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. Mm. How, well, I mean, get out of here, Will Smith. I mean, that that's not a... It's a, it's, an, it's an impersonation performance, which, I, you know, it's fine, but not not Oscar-worthy. Oh, I think you might be surprised, dude. Oh, man. I know. I wish... I, I'm with you, and I think it is. I think it's a... I felt it was a caricature. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like... He had one great scene where he teared up at the end and it was that was fantastic. But I just think there's better acting this year. I really do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that... I think Javier and, and Denzel should probably just be pleased to be invited. Um, yeah, like, okay. you know, I don't think it's their year. But, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch really is the... He's the dark heart of, of Power sure. of the Dog. And, and he's going in as the nomination leading film. And I think... You know he's done amazing work for a while, and he is the he's the dark horse there nipping okay. at Will Smith. It yeah. does feel, you know, speaking broadly and popularly, Will Smith's been the front runner for months. Like, and okay. people are sort of were going, it's his. No one's beating him. It's his time. I don't know. I think I think someone's beating him. Yeah. And I wonder whether it's the Benedict dark horse, or the even darker, blacker, sneakier horse of. Andrew Garfield. I oh, would love who to see Garfield. Tore the up. balls off that movie. Yeah, yeah. What a like he's just a yeah. I would love to see him get up on that. I think maybe he's got the gas in the tank for it because it was such a big 
bold, brave, huge, you know, all guns blazing performance. And, yeah. you know, he played piano, he sung, he danced, he just, it's kind of got it all. And I just, yeah. I think it's could be the kind of thing like a, uh, it's like Nicole Kidman in Moulin Rouge. It's like terrible. You've got all the elements in play. But is it strong enough to overcome like a traditional dramatic performance? And it's right on the knife's edge for me. Okay, fair enough. That was a terrible uh, uh, comparison for me because Moulin Rouge is one of my most despised films of all time. <laughs> but you can see thematically and, and you know, sure. visually how... You can how... see why so many dum-dums around the world love it. I can see that. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I agree with what you just said. <laughs> uh, Bradley Cooper, Snubberoonie. Yes. Yeah, Nightmare Alley. he'll be uh, upset about that? I don't think he was really the strongest element in Nightmare Alley, to okay. be honest. I think um, if there's anyone who's going to be sad, it's um, from Cyrano, Peter Dinklage, who ever is won a thousand Emmys for uh, yeah. Dragon Game Show, of Thro- yeah, Game, yeah. Of Game of Thrones. And he in Cyrano was apparently yeah, just incredible, outstanding, like, yeah, absolutely brought it. And he was in the five, in the betting odds in the five Whoa. for months and months and months. In September, it's like it's Will Smith. It's maybe Denzel, and it's Peter Dinklage. All right. Best actress in a leading role is up next. We've got Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Al Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart Spencer. I haven't talked to you about this privately. I I, I would give anything to see Case win for Spencer. Oh, man. It's going to be a delight. And I think there's a there's such a groundswell here that could see her cross the line. What a phenomenal performance! Like man, it's I just really, got goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah, I am so this this is a bloodbath. This category is <laughs> this could be anybody's. And what's really opened this up in an incredible way is, and you know, it's the elephant in the room here. Gaga. Has yeah, missed. no Gaga. And you know, this is why this gets so exciting sometimes. Is that you've got her. You've got her in at BAFTA. You've got her in at SAG. You've got Case Jew missing both. You've got Jennifer Hudson sort of like waiting in the wings. You've got all of these question yeah. marks. You've even got a bit of category confusion because people are saying Katrina Balfe is actually a lead and she should be here instead of supporting wow. for Belfast. All this stuff's going on. And meanwhile, you've, you know, Kidman's shown up pretty much everywhere. And <laughs> Coleman has really sort of um, been stealthily kind of there in the wings as well. Yeah. I was, I, nothing against her, but I was really pleased and excited to see Gaga, Miss and Stuart in because I just think oh, when it comes to the weight of the work, I just don't think there's any uh, no comparison. Contest. Yeah, And I'm doubly excited because selfishly, I've got bragging rights because a month ago when people <laughs> on Twitter were saying, you know, uh, what are we thinking? And I tweeted i've got the receipts that i've got just have this gut feeling cruise is in and i can't shake this feeling cruise makes it but she wasn't she didn't show up with she hasn't got any precursor love no sag no bafta no cc like no critics it's just like she's come out of nowhere but i was right and then when people said well hang on if you reckon cruise is so strong who's missing i said it's gaga i think it's gaga because when you look at what these other ladies are bringing to the table Coleman, maybe best ever. Kidman, it's yeah. a two-hour tour de force, technical, impersonatory, just, uh-huh. you know, she balls to the wall. There's Ch- Chastain, who's, they're all, you know, you've yeah, got the Chastain, Kidman, Stewart, biopic race, the three of them all playing some of the most famous people in the world. And it's just too, there's too much weight 
and too much artistry there to break in with this, oh, it's a good ship, father, son, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't the Golden Globes, man. So yeah, take a chill pill. And yeah. I was fucking right. I yeah. nailed it. So yeah, thank well you. Done. Lick tongue, mark on board. Very good. So I just, yeah, I, I think Cruise is probably, it's that um, foreign language nominee that's sort of very rarely, you know, it would take something incredibly special like a Livion Rose, Marion Cotillard sort mm-hmm. of winning in French type, you yeah. know, groundswell to do that. I think there's, I think she will just be pleased to be there sort of thing. Sure. And I think Chastain probably the same, although people want to see her win. I still don't think it's quite her time yet, but this is like a huge three-way Coleman, Kidman, Kristen yeah. situation. Can't wait to see that one. And they do love their young winners like Jennifer Lawrence. You yeah, know? So, good I mean, point. She has good that point. on her side for sure. Uh, all right, two to go. Second last, best director. We've got Brenner for Belfast. We've got Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. We've got Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. And Senior Spielbergo for West Side Story. Wow. Yeah. How wow. like, they could all get one. I mean, yeah, look at the depth. Like, firstly, we touched on it before, but Drive My Car punching in there on that fifth slot. I mean, the trailer for that alone is enough to make you go, yeah, this is definitely worthy of a Best Director nom. It's so interesting to me because you've got this 10 nominations for June. Clearly, it was seen in Beloved. You've got every tech category under the sun and it also made it Best Picture and Adapted Screenplay. So that really speaks volumes about the, the heft of that. But... I just, you know, and this is another thing I tweeted, and again, I'll feel free to copy you into my, I really, really love the, you know, I want the praise here for uh, making this call. But, you know, three weeks ago, there was an article about Hamaguchi and how he was sort of stealthily climbing the ranks and people were obviously seeing the film and it has peaked at the perfect time. And I just went, well, hang on. It's standing to reason to me that more and more over the years, what we're seeing is that quote unquote fifth slot is going to effectively the director of what will win international. And I think the Academy with it's, they've made a big stride to include tons of, they've invited heaps of new members. They've opened up their membership to, you know, more women, more people of color, more international Uh members. And I think all of that is having just, it's just having a broader effect. So instead of just five Americans or five people, you know, green book or fight, whatever, bad example because Green Book wasn't nominated for director but it's you know instead of a typical category what you're finding more and more is that you will have this fifth slot quote unquote kind of go to an exotic a foreign an exciting and a sort of unprecedented type of it's it feels like and there's just a gut feel but it's like this is our chance to look you know, um, yeah, right. wide ranging and cool sure. and, and look impressive. This is our chance to say, no, we, we see foreign films. We recognize auteurs. Yeah, we recognize okay. people who'd make artists, you know, art and make sort of, uh, something different. And so I, yeah, not only sort of was looking at that going, well, hang on. I think that this guy's got heat and they love to reward international and they like to do things, you know, a bit surprising. But then I added to that just a hunch, but I think, Denis Villeneuve's in trouble. Yeah, wow. So, well, you were right again. Yeah. I mean, hey, look, I'm good at what I do. It has to happen. No one pays me for it, uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I am pretty pleased. Look, to be fair, this is a two horse race. Like, West Side Story is an incredible achievement. And in any other year, Steven Spielberg's 
pretty much winning this walking the door. Uh But I think the heat is with Jane Campion. And I think when you're talking about it, it's got 12 nominations. And I think that's almost really, that's going to be pretty hard to, to bring down. But it's a... It's a Spielberg Campion Turf War, and it's 93 replay because you've got Schindler's List and you've got the piano <laughs> wow. going toe-to-toe in the red and blue corner. And he took her down 30 yeah. years ago, and I yeah. think it's payback. All right. All right. Well, best picture, the biggest category, the final one. We have got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Wow. But the only so one I would cross off that list is, is Belfast. Yeah, that seems like a long list. Um, people, are, some people are saying Spider-Man: No Way Home should have got a nod. Uh, I mean, I greatly enjoyed it. I could could never see that winning Best Picture though. It's just too it's too strong a year. There's yeah. just too many, and when you're opening it up to international as well, like as I was saying, they 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 like to seem like uh, they are seeing everything and being really woke and being really inclusive. Yeah. So when Drive My Car, which that was the big question mark is really you've got like the sort of Golden Globe nominees or the, the Directors Guild nominee sort of films taking up the fight, like, you, you know, Belfast and June and Licorice Pizza and Power of the Dog and West Side Story. They're your big five with the Directors Guild nominations and sort of other various precursors that point to their strength. And then you go down to, okay, what's also picked up like PGA nominations because the producers yeah, guild, right. are, like there's a lot of crossover there with these nominees. So, yep. but they don't always match 10 for 10. They generally match eight for 10. And so you include, um, you sort of cross check what's made PGA and then maybe got like a Golden Globe feature nomination or, or BAFTA, for example. So yeah, right. then you've kind of, you add like CODA, and King Richard and Don't Look Up. So really what we're, people were looking at was, a nightmare, is Nightmare Alley going to be like ninth or 10th or is it going to be Tick, Tick, Boom? Or is it going to be Being the Ricardos? Yeah, wow. And those are the two big misses here that, well, really it was like, well, flip a coin and just put your money on, like no one could tell which out of that 10 PGA was it going to go, If like we all know it doesn't go 10 for 10, so what's ninth and 10th? And wow. what do you replace it with? Like, what yeah. do you pick as the weakest? And then what do you put in in its place? So it turns out that they dropped Ricardo's and Tick, Tick, Boom. And instead we see uh, not only Nightmare Alley, but Drive My Car has just yeah, wow. like swept in from Japan like a tsunami. And here we are. <laughs> Too soon. So, yeah, maybe a little. Um, but yeah, I think what you do systematically here, if you want to, you know, uh, pick up, like win your betting pool at work is look firstly at what's got that directing support from DGA because almost always you've got a DGA nominated film winning Best Picture, right? Yeah. Because the directing and picture are just so integrally tied. So it seems like it comes down there. You can immediately like eliminate um, some of those non-director nominees and it leaves you with like the West Side Story, Power of the Dog, Licorice Pizza, Belfast kind of combo. Yep. And then... You then look at, well, who's most likely to win screenplay because screenplay and best picture are very, very closely tied together. Uh And that would probably give you like Power of the Dog, uh, Belfast and like a potential licorice pizza. But you can kind of rule that out because it's only picked up three nominations and no acting. So acting and screenplay and director drive best picture. You can't win without one of those three. Spotlight famously did it with only a screenplay win. Wow. But generally, and director and picture are uh, diverging more and more. So you get, we're getting a lot of split years where you've kind of got 
you know, Alfonso Cuaron will win kind of for Gravity or Roma, but then those films don't necessarily win Best Picture. Right. Um, or, you know, Argo, for example, won Ben Affleck wasn't nominated for directing. So we're yeah, seeing right. more and more divergence between picture and director, but screenplay is where you want to look if you want to wow, okay. try and pick what's going to win here. So I personally, I loved West Side Story and I loved Power of the Dog. Very different films. In any other year, West Side Story could win this. I think Power of the Dog is going to be too strong at the end of the day. And I think it's a shame for Belfast because it's got the love, but I just don't know if it's got the legs. Yeah, I would be disappointed to, to see Belfast beat out Power of the Dog, but, you know, what would I know? I, I think Power of the Dog will take it and, uh, and will be deservedly so. The only thing, caveat, could be, does Drive My Car do a parasite mm. and just come from nowhere and... Is it strong enough to kind of do that parasite, that amazing thing, and just, yeah. Well, we're looking at the second international foreign language best picture winner of all time. It's, it's yeah, it's an interesting one. It should be an exciting night slash day. What uh, are the actual awards, Leon? You're well, the expert. Well, um, since we've now talked for that long, it, they start now. They actually, <laughs> the awards are just about to kick off because, uh, yeah, it's usually a long period between nominations and the night, but uh, we've just filled that gap. So um, I'm, I'm going to get the popcorn fight up and, and sit down for it. I think it's March 23. Oh, so um, we've got ages. But here in Australia, it's always uh, on a Monday at about 11 o'clock in the morning. So yeah. perfect uh, to take the morning off, Easy to tell your in. boss you're hungover, um, <laughs> and uh, stay at home, chuck it on, and we'll see how they can fuck it up this time. <laughs> well, Leon Murray, thanks so much for joining us here on Binge This for your expert opinion on the Oscars. Where's the best place for people to check out your various wares? Well, if they want to see some Wii views, which are my little short Twitter movie reviews, then go to Leon J. Murray at Twitter, or you can uh, see some other various hijinks, the life of a voiceover guy slash uh, wannabe TikTok comedian on uh, leonmurray.voiceover on Instagram. But um, just Google me and, yeah, you'll find me there eventually. But, mate, it was an absolute pleasure. I mean, uh, as you can tell, I hated every second of it. All right, we'll be back soon with some god-awful program that Ollie has forced me to watch to talk about. But until such time, have a good one and good luck with your Oscars predictions. Thanks again, Leon. Mate, I'll be going for my best ever this year, so wish me luck. Good luck.